Is You Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. <laughs> you can't just... I can't stop laughing. We're a little slap happy. It's it's late and we're spread across the continent and um Yes. I was we were trying to record this like late at night. I was at my parents' house. They live in the middle of yeah. nowhere in Michigan, so they have terrible Wi Fi. So we couldn't physically like we couldn't record it the way we usually do because my computer like couldn't handle it on the wi-fi so now we're recording this on some kind of phone recording device we've never used before so bear with us the quality is not up to par we are trying yeah fingers crossed it all works out i mean we've been at this just trying to figure this out for the last 30 minutes so (laughs) yes yes it's been a journey it has Uh... But we're talking about um, best of the decade this week, which is so exciting. Best TV shows, best movies, best performances. We got all kinds of fun stuff. And Shelby and I put together uh, lists about music videos and music and books and pop culture moments. So whatever's not on this episode will be finding its way to you via our social media platforms in the next month or so. So things to look forward to. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing has made me feel older than like, looking through these lists and being like, oh, that wasn't that long ago and realizing it was 2010 and I I haven't accomplished anything in the last 10 years. And, you know, it's just rough to face your own mortality that way. Well, I feel like I keep going, oh, well, and this movie. And then it's like, no, Matthew, that came out in 2003. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that was like, yeah, that was like 1999. Yeah. who were not born when that movie came out. So yeah, <laughs> you, sir, are, have one foot in the grave. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry that most of your favorites won't be on this. Um, Agent Cody Banks and Big Fat Liar and whatever else that kid was doing when he had a job. And- <laughs> Yeah, and Who Independence knows Day can't now. make it, and all of yeah. her 15 Volcano <laughs> yeah. movies also won't be making the cut. Yeah, yeah I know. R.I.P. Um, so, in our last week's episode, we are two weeks ago, whenever our Leonardo DiCaprio episode, we were talking about yes. how I was lamenting our Jurassic Park episode, our very first <laughs> episode of P.S. Hurong, and we were joking, saying, oh, well, maybe we'll remove it. And fans were coming out of the woodwork to tell us (laughs) that we should keep this Jurassic Park episode. Dozens of them, hundreds of them, all clamoring. And I'll read one, uh, one message Mm -hmm, out of mm -hmm. out of the many that we received from Alicia (laughs) Two Thousand, who says, "Hello, Matt and Shelby. Just wanted to write and say, don't erase the Jurassic Park episode. Shelby's (laughs) intense love for the first movie and Matt's hilarious comment." Why don't they just breed plant dinosaurs <laughs> or what got me hooked on the podcast to begin with? I learned about it from Swiftish. Keep up the good work. Oh. So, you know, apparently it's better than I, I remember it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I went back and I listened to it and it's not that bad. And we did make some good points about, about that franchise's missteps and sort of the logical leaps um, that were taken in that last chapter. But I will just never forget we- the moment where they were like, you know, we need to do turn off the lights. And it's like, was that what the <laughs> dinosaur was relying on? <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, darn it. 
I can't smell these people out, even though I have the best sense of smell. And that's sold as a major component of my desirability. Mm. Yeah, he's a bad dinosaur. Did you ever watch that short they came out with? The like, the oh, sort no. of, he, the director came out with this like short, it was just a couple months ago, um, sort of taking place after the movie. And it's about a family at a camping trip and people are like learning to live with the fact that there are dinosaurs roaming. So what? basically it's, it's telling us that these dinosaurs actually, you know, life uh, finds a way and, and they don't get murdered immediately by, by the government. They in fact go on to thrive in the wilderness of California. So <laughs> that is wild. That is why. Although I will say this, yeah. I was staying at my grandparents' house like a couple years ago, and they live across from a state park. And some random mm -hmm. dude who like collected wild animals was camping with a boa constrictor in the park, and the boa <laughs> constrictor apparently like escaped the tent in the night, and they couldn't find it. And so it, there was like warnings mm. around the park, like there might be a boa constrictor, like keeping oh, children and dogs. Uh, like keep an eye on them. So <laughs> just keep an eye on. I mean, I guess people are not that good at keeping track of their animals or finding <laughs> killer animals that are on the loose. So just giant dinosaurs included. I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, sadly, uh, Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom did not make it into <laughs> my top ten list. Shelby has seen my list. I have not seen Shelby's, so I guess like there's a I chance know. it could be there, but we will find yeah. out. Well, you kept changing your list too. So if you decided <laughs> to put that in, in the 11th hour, like I understand. <laughs> Did you not keep changing your list? I, I, oh, like, I, I'm looking at it right now and I'm like, maybe I should move that. I don't know about that. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. <laughs> so it may be imperfect, but I'm excited. It was a big challenge. I think anyone listening to this should try and just pick I mean, 10 TV shows of their, the favorite of the decade. Cause there's been a lot of great television, a lot of great movies, a lot of great performances and moments. So I'm excited to jump into them. Okay. Let's do TV first and then movies after. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> save the best for last. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just 10 or top 10 TV shows of the past decade, I guess like we'll start with 10 and we'll just kind of go back and forth up to one. Um, I, so I was looking at, well, one, it was hard to even like figure out stuff because I realized after I had made my original top 10 list that there were a couple shows that I had forgotten about that I needed to add mm. and slot in. So I feel like that was mm -hmm. step one that was tricky. And then also there were some shows like Survivor that have obviously <laughs> aired in this decade, but like didn't but didn't start in this decade and won't end in the right. decade. So I, I narrowed myself mm. down to shows that were either all in this decade or for the most, like predominantly, like the majority of their episodes right. came out after 2010. Yeah, that makes sense. I also limited myself to not include like um, limited series or things like that. And I had to have seen the majority of the show, you know? So like, yes. So for instance, I haven't watched season two of Killing Eve. So I have no idea if that's a good show or not, even though my opinion of the first season is very high. Yeah. I also felt like in all of these, I was very tuned into recency bias. 
And so I think yeah. I actually swung the other way and really have <laughs> like, like most of my things are from the earlier stage of the decade oh, for whatever wow. reason and stuff from the last like year or so I've been like, well, I don't know because I really like that now, but like in five years, will I really like it? Where the stuff from yeah. like 2011, 2012, I feel like, okay, well that stood the test of time. I've liked it for eight years. So that's but, fair. And also, I don't know how you went by this, but I decided like, of course I can make a list of the top 10 most important or most well done or most critically received yes. TV shows. But this is more a blend of my personal taste and um, maybe also thinking of the cultural impact and like obviously the the art and skill that goes into them but mostly it's just my personal opinion so <laughs> yeah yeah I really did not spend very much time thinking about like the quality of the like yeah. shock composition or even really the cultural impact I mean some of my shows I feel yeah. like have a lot of cultural ethos but a lot of them Big do not art. so I'm I'm fully yeah. aware of that yeah well should we get into it then do you want to start us off Yes. Okay. So top 10 TV shows of the decade. And number 10, I have American Crime Story, which oh, wow. is a, um, I, it's an anthology show. There's only been two seasons out, the OJ Simpson show season and the Gianni Versace season. But I felt like both of them were such fantastic pieces of TV. And I almost like the fact that it's an anthology show because I feel like it's two like fantastic sort of like perfect mini series that are connected together through the fact that they're uh they made should. by the same people yeah so so i don't know i i even though it's only two seasons and it's still going and like there's a uh bill clinton season coming out there's a hurricane katrina season that's in the works like I felt like that both of the seasons were strong enough. And the first season came out in 2016. So I felt like I sort of had like sat with them long enough that they deserved to be on my list. Yeah, no, I, I really liked that show. I thought it would be higher for you because you loved, you loved the Versace one too, which I was less keen on, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's better it for just, you. Yes. It just shows the strength of some of these other seasons, because this is another thing I felt like some of the shows um, like if they had more seasons and I liked more of their seasons more, I felt like that then they deserve to be higher ranked where this season it's only had two seasons. So I was like, okay, we'll put this right. lower. Okay. What's yeah. your number 10? Um, so it would have been the rookie, but like, I felt like that was just too <laughs> new. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, my number 10 is Happy Endings, which is a ABC sitcom that aired from 2011 to 2013. It was three compact, perfect seasons. And it's a comedy just like either you've heard of it or you've never heard of it. And if you've heard of it, you love it. And it's just it's a work of art and it's on Hulu and everyone should watch it. And I don't it's basically just, you know, a group of dumb friends living in Chicago doing dumb stuff. And it just works really well because the cast has so much chemistry. And I rewatched a couple of episodes in preparation of this and it still holds up. Like Google happy endings and you'll just see think pieces about why it was canceled too soon. And I didn't write a single one, but I support every single one. And this was, this was the Casey Wilson show. Yes. Is that uh, yes. The... Yes. Alicia Cuthbert and um, 
the guy who was in New Girl for one episode and then and then came back uh, for a couple. Oh of yes, yes, yes! I remember. I remember that. I remember that happening. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah he was like yeah. in the pilot, and then they got rid of somebody else, and then people were like, "But we like him in the pilot," so then they brought him back later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I never saw that show, or I never saw Happy Endings, but I've heard only good things about it. So, and if it's only three seasons, like maybe I'll have to give it a it's, watch. Yeah, I think you might enjoy it. Um, okay, so my number nine is also a network sitcom about a bunch of friends. It is Community, which ran for six seasons mm. from 2009 to 2015. The first four seasons are fantastic. Then it like got canceled yeah. and re-brought back and then canceled again and re-brought <laughs> back. The cast kind of shifted a little bit in the last couple seasons. But especially the early seasons are so funny. This is Joel McHale. This is uh, Allison Bree before she was on Glow. This is Donald Glover before he did Atlanta. It's Chevy Chase, who is a terrible person, but is like, uh, you know, used very well in this yeah. show, I think. Um, what's his face? John Oliver is in a couple of seasons. That one girl from Criminal Minds is in a season. Like, there's a, it's very funny. It's very like pop culture based humor. Um, I watched yeah. this, I think the summer after I graduated college, I just like binged the whole thing and it was so enjoyable. Love. I just love when you find like a sitcom and you just love the characters and you can just be with them so much. And they're really not even doing that much, but it's like still just so funny. Yeah. That one fizzled for me, but the first few seasons were great. <laughs> I think it fizzled for a lot of people. I just, yeah. <laughs> nostalgia. I was yeah, like, okay. it really took a strange turn, but yeah, happy for you. Um, my number nine is The Leftovers, which is an HBO show. Oh. Um, that was airing from 2014 to 2017. I think it was just three seasons, maybe four. But it's the, um, uh, it's about basically this event where one percent of the population just evaporates into thin air and it's about all the people who are left behind and kind of figuring out like how to deal with the I mean just the trauma of it and um, losing their loved ones or processing the strangeness and the lack of answers and I don't necessarily love it and there's a lot of the episodes that I was just like get over it and it's very dark and it can be very violent but it's one of those shows that I've just like not like stopped thinking about and i think it's just like very well done and when they do a great episode it's it's truly great tv so i don't know if you've watched it but it might be dark enough that you'd enjoy it i've heard that it's fantastic it's like another one of those shows that's on my list of things to watch like if i was ever just laid up in a hospital for a long time it would be (laughs) something i would for sure get to there's just so much tv these days you know uh, I, yeah. I now I'm now that I'm looking at my list, I'm going. I'm like, I think that we're just going to have ten completely different shows for these TV <laughs> shows because I don't necessarily know if you're a huge fan of any of these ones or even watch <laughs> a lot of these that I have. Um, well, let's my, hear what's number eight. My number eight is Scream Queens, which is <laughs> I feel like most people are going to be like, "Why in the world is this on your list?" Yes. Is the Emma Roberts, Leah Michelle, Billy Lord, Abigail Breslin, Jamie Lee Curtis, like comedy horror show. It aired on Fox for two seasons. Why was it on Fox? I have no idea. That is not the network for this at all. It was like 
<laughs> very irreverent. All of the characters are terrible people. Actually, in the first season, there's like one, there's like a couple characters who are sort of nice, and everybody just hated them so much because they were so boring that they wrote them off of the show for the second season, and the second season is just fully terrible people. Um, Ariana Grande's <laughs> in it for an episode. Nick Jonas is in it for a couple of episodes. It's just like the perfect mix of comedy and horror and so irreverent. And I love shows about terrible people. We'll get to more of those on my list. And I just couldn't get enough. When they canceled this, the first season was like sorority house serial killer. The second season was like creepy hospital serial killer. And they had the third season lined up to be murder island. Like everybody comes to an island and gets murdered. And they canceled it before that happened. So... Oh my word. That is just I'm rough. so depressed from that. <laughs> That's another um uh who's the director? It's the same yeah, as Yeah, Ryan the... Murphy. That is yes, yeah. American Crime Story and Screen Queen. Do I have any more Ryan spread Murphy shows in. on here? No, I don't think Hopefully I do. Not, but I'm Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching The Politician right now and it is rough. Like it is a <laughs> It is something. It is trying it. It is off the wall. Yikes. (laughs) Well, my number eight has had some major misses, but I still really appreciate it. Um, The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu, which was Hulu's first foray into original content, pretty much like highbrow TV, at least in my mind. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, but it was 2017. It's still going on. Season three is the worst mess I've seen in, in late years, but they ended on a high note. So it really managed to save itself for me. But I just love it. I really didn't think I would, but I, I do enjoy it. I watched the first season and loved the first season. And then heard um, bad things about the second season and third season, yeah. so have never <laughs> gone back to it. I don't know if I will or not. I feel like I guess maybe if like seasons four and so are really hyped, then I'll kind of wade through the trash to yeah. get to the later seasons. But at this yeah. point, I I don't know if I'll duck in or not. That's fair. It's a lot. Um. Okay. My number seven is Downton Abbey. Uh, which ran from oh, 2010 wow. to 2015. Yeah, I know. I Downton Abbey <laughs> is one of those shows that, like, isn't necessarily, like, that good. I mean, not no. really, I don't think. <laughs> but it's just, like, the characters are all so interesting and nice and lovable for the most part and the world Mm. is just so pleasant to be in most of the time that it's kind of just like going home there's like especially the last like three seasons what is going on in the plot couldn't tell you is anything really that monumental happening or is there anything groundbreaking happening on the show no but like i was like for murder right or sure sure (laughs) Mm-hmm. Something yeah. really tragic happened. Somebody, I was very upset. Somebody it. has a miscarriage. You know, uh, people are falling in love with different people. There's a plane crash. Oh, you know, there's a oh, fire wow. in the barn. Whatever. Who cares? Oh, wow. But it's mostly just like <laughs> just being with old friends is kind of the feeling that I get. And the and the movie that came out this year again was it anything like groundbreaking? No, not even close, but would I watch it in another 50 Downton Abbey movies? 100% just because I like the people. Oh, I'm so glad. I mean, similarly, my number 7 is all that feel good familial 
um, you know, relationships because I have Veep from <laughs> HBO. <laughs> <laughs> that is not Did the you direction I thought that was going in. I was like, I oh, this is us, parenthood, yeah. no more girls. Nope. Veep. No, it's Veep, which I I started way late. I think I started it like last year and I just binged the whole thing. But it is so good. This is on HBO. It aired 2012 to this year. Um, it's Julia uh, Louise Dreyfus. Um, and it's just obviously about the vice president. And she's a horrible, horrible, <laughs> horrible human being um, surrounded by truly terrible other human beings. And it's just an absolute delight. Like they're the, just the energy and the one-liners and the monologues and the vicious takedowns. It's just stunning to watch. And there are some jokes that I still think about and just laugh out loud. And I can't recommend it enough. I think, have you watched it? It's like your people. I feel I, like you'd really I have appreciate not, it. No, again, like this is something that I... Oh, I feel like I have just wanted to watch for forever, but just haven't gotten around to it. I tried to start it on a plane one time and watch an episode <laughs> and was like, what is going on? Like, this is so confusing. Why do people like this? And then realized that instead of watching the first episode of the first season, I somehow had clicked on like the first episode of the sixth season. And so that's why I was so confused. Um, I was like, wow, they're yeah. just really like putting you right down in the middle of all this information. Like, how am I supposed to know what's going on? I thought she was a vice president. Now she's a real president. What is happening? Nope. That's because I did not start at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, maybe stop watching Big Brother Canada and like just give Veep a chance. I didn't like, even I think... watch the last season of Big Brother Canada or Big Brother US. And honestly, this current season of Survivor, I haven't even started yet. And there's like 10 episodes out already. So like, I don't know what is happening. I know. I know. I'm like moving and it's just a whole, that's a whole ordeal that I, uh, okay. Anyways, my number six is Bates Motel, which ran from 2013 to 2017, five seasons. This is a show that I will forever be baffled by how it did not get more traction. It is... <laughs> It was on like some mm -hmm. weird network, oh, like maybe like A and E or something. And I, it's a prequel, sort of like a modern day prequel retelling of the movie Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's movie, starring Freddie Highmore and Vera Farmiga. And it's like creepy and twisty, and the acting is really good. It's just about this like very strange relationship between a mother and a son and how that. Yeah. evolves and gets like worse and worse and it's sort of just a slow progression so that the last season is basically the psycho movie with some like tweaks in it and the other four seasons mm -hmm. are just like leading up to that this like slow Wait, impending doom yeah but they're each only like nine to ten episodes long so they're not i mean it's like a but lot but it's not like that much here? What? I remember when this came out though. this is tripping me out it's been out for like five years <laughs> It's been off the air for three years, Shelby. Oh, my word. Oh, identity crisis is happening now, but... I know. I'm glad you appreciate it. it got, I think Vera Farmiga got nominated for an Emmy in the first season, and then it consistently has good ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. It, it, it had a loyal following. It was able to easily, like, finish out its run. 
But for whatever reason, it just never like caught on in the cultural zeitgeist. And I'm forever just, you know, trying to like sing its praises. And honestly, this was the thing that wasn't on my list initially, because when I was putting together my list, I was going through a lot of other people's like 100 best TV shows Mm. of the decade. And I thought, okay, well, anything that I have is sort of on there. And then it was only later that I was like, no, Bates Motel was not on a single one of those lists. Not not the hundred best <laughs> TVs of the decade. And they did not have Bates Motel on any of them. And that is wild. <laughs> and here you have it. And here on I have PS it. You're wrong. Number six. <laughs> mm-hmm. TV shows. Perfect. I think um, my next one might be the only one, if I had to guess, that we overlap on. Because I have American Vandal, which is the short-lived <sighs> Netflix mockumentary series um that aired from 2017 to 2018 and just had two absolutely perfect seasons like honestly this was like my number 11 i almost like i wanted it on my list so badly but i felt like the it was only two seasons and i thought that of the shows that were only that I there were only a couple seasons. I liked the other ones on my list, Scream Queens and American Crime Story better. Okay. Yeah. I mean I let's see what else you have on this list then that would push that so far down. Number five is the thing on the list that I thought maybe we would have some overlap with, and that is Stranger Things. Which oh, you yeah. I think were the one who told me to watch this show initially. Oh and God. I was sort of like, Meh, whatever, like what does Shelby know, idiot. This was before we started the <laughs> podcast. And then I watched it and was so engrossed. I watched the first season twice, which like I never watched TV shows more than once. Yeah. And then I watched the second season twice. I've only watched the third season once, but I just feel like all of the seasons are phenomenal. Aside from that one terrible 11 episode in the second season, we shall not <laughs> speak of ever again. Yeah. Like it's just fantastic. Can't wait for season four. I honestly think that it's one of the best shows currently airing on television. Yeah, I love it. It'll it'll pop up later. Um, but before that is uh, for number five for me is Bob's Burgers, which is on Fox and it has been airing since 2011 to now. And you have given me such a hard time about this, but it is so funny. Like, I don't know why you hate on it. Honestly, I, I don't even you like the one who, When we were doing the uh yeah when we were doing our like fall preview whatever so you were like yeah. this is i don't do animated shows blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. and yet you have Bob yeah, no. burgers in your top five. Oh my, my gosh. gosh yeah it took a lot for me to finally sit down and watch it but it is so funny it's it's so like quick-witted the characters are so lovable and it's like just quirky enough that it's entertaining there's musical numbers like the jokes the storylines it's it's insane that you haven't watched this. Like it is such a fun time and Rob and I are still working through it. Cause there's like, I guess eight seasons now, seven or eight. And all of them are just, we just laugh so much. It's so funny. And yes, I don't like animated shows. And if someone tries to get me to watch Rick and Morty, I swear I will slap them <laughs> in the face, but Bob's burgers, I can't sing enough praises for did you watch bojack mm. horseman i've heard that's fantastic no. but I, I haven't watched no that i really haven't you know bob's burgers is nice because it's basically like a family sitcom there's no like talking horses or like alien stuff it's not like nonsensical it's just this kooky family who's running a burger joint and 
I like, I very much identify with the matriarch and, and there's just like, the kids are so funny. They have the best, it's just a good time. Honestly, I just, I want you to give it a try. Okay. Whatever. Probably not. (laughs) Okay. My number four is it's always sunny in Philadelphia, which technically started airing in 2005, but has ran this whole decade as well. So I'm counting it as a TV show Mm. from this uh, past 10 years. It's just the best uh, (laughs) sitcom for terrible people. Like, everyone in the cast is bad. They're trying to do horrible (laughs) things in every episode. It never goes their way, but always, like, they always screw over other people before they screw over themselves. Uh, It's just one of those shows that I find consistently funny. Like, the new season is out right now, or maybe it's just ended. I'm a couple episodes behind. And, like, you would think that 14, 15 seasons in, it would be getting stale. And somehow or another, they come up with ways to make it better every year. Like, two seasons ago, they pretended to write somebody off the show and went through this whole ordeal for the whole <laughs> off-season of, like, this person's not coming back, this person's not coming back. And then the first se- the first episode of the next season, he's not in it. And then at the end, he shows back up and he's like, what? Oh, you thought I'd be gone? Like, oh, no, why would I do that? And then, you know, it's just back for the whole next. Like, they just keep coming up with the weird ways to fiddle with the formula. And I love it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's some funny ones. I've seen parts. I can see why those are your people. (laughs) Rude, rude, rude. Um, So number four for me is Stranger Things. Because I, I mean, yeah. It's that good, but what do you, what do you what do you go to next? Top okay, three. Okay, my number three is another show that I feel like was has been overlooked in so many ways. It's The Middle, which was on ABC. It came out yeah, the same season as Modern really Family. I know, I love it. It came out the same season as Modern Family, and I feel like was totally looked over because it was in that same like time slot. But it's basically just about a family who lives in Indiana and the normal stuff they're going through. It has the janitor from Scrubs as the dad and um, Patricia Heaton from Everybody Loves Raymond as the mom. And it ran for nine seasons. It didn't get canceled. They like went off the air because, you know, they wanted to do other things. and They've been on it for so long. And I just I think because I'm from the Midwest and because I'm from like a very like middle class family. A lot of the stuff felt really relatable to me and it was very mm-hmm. funny, but also sort of had that Downton Abbey thing going for it where I just really like the characters and spending time with them. So despite the fact that this is, you know, like hundreds of episodes, I stuck with it the entire way and was <laughs> like, you know, crying in my bed for the last episode. It was just so emotional and feel like, oh, they're like part of my family that is with me forever. And I love oh. it so much. So I'm ranked at number three. Oh, well, then you can't judge me for my number three, um, because I chose Parenthood, which is the NBC show. I've watched it literally, I think, four times now all the way through. It's it aired from 2010 to 2015. I actually own the DVD set of the first two seasons back when like DVDs were a thing for TV. And Uh um, I love it. I mean, this is like a family drama comedy thing. It's it follows this like big family in California and they're, they're four kids and then the kids' kids. And I just, I really love it. I think too, similarly, it's like, it reminded me of my big family and just 
you know, the antics of cousins and siblings and all this stuff. And I think they handle a lot of, you know, cause it's a network drama. So there's cancer, there's adoption, there's, um, illness and death. And like, they handle it with such like grace. This is the original. This is us, but like way less over the top, if you can believe it. And I just, I loved it. I love all the characters and I just, <laughs> it's a, it's not a guilty pleasure, but it's a definite pleasure that no one else appreciates. I feel like I've heard a lot of good things about Parenthood over the years from different people. I I feel like people who like Parenthood also like Friday Night Lights. Is that like yes. a... <laughs> that's like a... Yeah. That's like a from space same, Yeah, I think it's from the same creator, if I'm right. And there's a lot okay. of Friday Night Light actors who wind up passing through. So there's definitely mm-hmm. a correlation there. There you go. Okay, my number two is Fargo, which is another anthology series. Uh, It's ran three seasons, but there's another season that's going to be coming out soon that has Chris Rock in it. It's based on my favorite movie, Fargo, which I loved. And it's like a little bit funny, a lot of bit crime, a little bit weird. It's directed by Noah Hawley, who also did Legion, which I don't know if any of you watched that, but that was terrible. But, like, so this is a little bit more grounded and a little bit more realistic, but still a little kooky in places. And every season is somewhat connected to the season before, but has a completely different cast and is focused on a completely different mystery and is in a different time period, even. And so it does a really good job in the same way that American Crime Story does of, like, setting up something new. You don't have these like storylines that just go on forever and these characters that have nothing to do in later seasons because each season comes up with its own thing. In season two, especially, which has Kirsten Dunst in it, is just like such a pleasure. And I'm mm-hmm. so excited for the next season. And I don't know, there's just like nothing bad that I can say about this. And I love watching it. And it's again set in the Midwest. So if you're in the Midwest, mm-hmm. you get bonus points from me. Yeah, <laughs> always. Always. No, I've heard of it. I, I, yeah, I watched the movie, so that's probably as close as I'll get to it. But my pick number two probably needs no explanation, but it's Parks and Rec, which is um, probably one of the last like big sitcom shows that mm-hmm. really took off. It was right after The Office. It was from 2009 to 2015. And everyone skips season one, but season two through like, I don't know, the final season are just so good. <laughs> Rob's been rewatching them and they're just laugh out loud and they're just so good. And all the characters are just so fun. So if for some reason you never checked it out, I would definitely, I would definitely start in season two. You know, why, why stop it through season one? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I've only seen season one, <laughs> which, know. which I did enjoy. And, yeah. uh, but for whatever reason, I like haven't gotten back to the second season yet, but, um, I'm sure again, yes, at some point, like this feels like something that I know at some point down the road, I will get to. Um, yeah. so my number one TV show of the decade should not surprise oh, anyone. Really? It is, I think probably the number one show on a lot of people's lists. It's Mad Men from, on, in my opinion, like almost a perfect television show. It's artsy it's funny it's interesting um the costumes are great the way that it seamlessly ties in the drama from the show into the various current events of the 60s and 70s is just always so fascinating 
there's a great moon landing episode. There's a great episode where Marilyn Monroe dies. Like, it's just, there's so, it puts you in a place and the characters are also interesting and fascinating, whether you love them or whether you hate them. Um, I mean, I don't know. Everybody loves Mad Men, so I don't really have anything else to say, but <laughs> I've it's never great. seen it. Uh, <sighs> Shelby, you, I feel like you would like it. I don't know. It's just a lot of misogynistic dudes patting themselves yeah, on but, the back, you know. But also a lot of like badass women who are like trying, who are like elbowing their way through the right. grossness. Yeah, maybe. But and I've been filling that uh, that gap of perfect television with my personal favorite, Shit's Creek, which is a oh, Canadian yes. show. Um, it started in 2015 and sort of took the world, the U.S. by storm, I guess, this last year and is finally getting some attention. And they just announced that they're in their final season, which airs next year. But it is such a balm to my soul. Just anytime I put it on, it just exists in this very happy, pure world. And even though the characters are like problematic or snarky, it follows this family who is uber wealthy and then and then lost it all and were forced to move into this tiny town and, you know, basically just be forced to exist with these people they would have never deigned to talk to. It's just, oh, I just love it so much. It's entertaining, so funny, so <laughs> sweet. And I, I revisit it often. Like, I still will rewatch episodes, even though I just finished the last season, like, a couple weeks ago. I can't get enough. You had had me come up with this list maybe like a year from now. Schitt's Creek would be 100% on my top 10. I just came to it late and I'm slowly making my way through. And I think um, I just finished season three of it. So I felt oh like I really could have played on here if I hadn't finished it. But uh, yes, great. Fantastic choice. 100% indoors. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the TV shows. I mean. Okay. So now that we have finished with TV shows, we can move yeah. into movies um so i think to save on time we're just going to sort of like list off our top 10 movies because you know people have seen them and then we'll also talk about our top 10 favorite performances in movies and our top 10 favorite scenes in movies of the past decade and then we can sort of you know break down some of our choices as we go through that as well um yeah. do you want to go first or do you want me to go first okay i'll go first um okay. so <laughs> This is a struggle. Let me tell you that much. I've been like changing it every day since we started planning this. But um, from from my from ten to one, I have Paddington two, <laughs> oh. um, Gravity, which is the space movie with Sandra Bullock, Into yes. the Spider Verse, um, from last oh, year, so good with mm -hmm. Ash, um, Wonder Woman, and then five we have Get Out, and then Arrival, and then really surprising me we have parasite at number three which just came out oh. this month. <laughs> mm -hmm. but a work of art and number two is mad max which leaves number one with ladybird oh just a forever favorite oh ladybird i was i, I was struggling as to whether or not i should put things from this year on my I list know. and ultimately yeah. i sort of was like you know what I, there are movies that I feel, a couple of movies that I feel like would, I would put on here, but I was nervous that if I put something on that, then I would regret it later. Like I, a couple of years ago, I did a <laughs> list of my top 100 mo favorite movies 
And it was right after oh, I went yeah. and saw A Quiet Place. And so I put A Quiet Place <laughs> on my list. And like ever since then, I'm like, why? Like that is not, like that wasn't wow, even in my top 10 favorite you. movies of that year. But because <laughs> I had just amazing. seen it and I was overhyped, I put it on there. Mm-hmm. So I was, mm-hmm. I was nervous for myself. So I did not um, yeah. include it. But it anyways. Was really, it was a tough one. It was a tough one. But I think it just wowed me in such a unique way that it just rarely mm-hmm. happens in theater. So yes. It's also interesting. We have two movies overlapping. So that's exciting. Ooh. Okay. So here we go. And number 10, I have eighth grade from last year. Oh, um, and number nine, I have inside Lewin Davis, the Coen mm. brothers movie with Oscar Isaac. Um, and Justin Timberlake is in there singing. Uh, number yeah. eight is Captain Fantastic, the Viggo Mortensen movie from a couple of years ago. Oh, number ugh, lo- love Captain Fantastic. Number seven is Inception, my little baby. Mm. And it's 10 years old now. I feel so old that Inception oh is like forever. Ugh. Number six is Creed from 2015. Number five <laughs> is Whiplash, also on your list. Yes. Number four is last year's Hereditary, my favorite mm. horror film of the decade. Number three is Spotlight, Best Picture winner from 2015. Such a good, like, journalism okay. movie. Number two is Lady Bird. Oh, yeah. Like, what is better than Lady Bird? And number one is The Florida Project, which same year as Lady um, Birds and just yeah. like Florida. Such a, yeah, such a gem yeah, of a movie. And Florida. Yeah. Florida and the Midwest. If it's set in one of those yeah. places, like, all automatic bonus. <laughs> Easy ways to get you. Uh, no, those are cute. I was honestly, eighth grade is so good. I really struggled to, I wanted to put it on almost every list we did, like the movie moments and mm-hmm. best performances, but it was always just barely edged out. So yeah, it was, it was my, you know, it was close. It was close. Do you want to do the movie performances or movie scenes next? uh yeah let's do movie performances um this was a fun one because i feel like a lot of them surprised me because not all of them are really from my top 10 movies uh there are some that overlap but i just was trying to think of like what counts as a great performance and i think i was just trying to pick the ones that like truly like astounded me in the theaters and that i still think about when i think about great movie moments and um I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you'll judge some of these, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's personal taste. So, okay. Well, in number 10, I have Elsie Fisher from eighth grade. So another eighth grade appearance there. Yeah. She's just mm, so, so fantastic for such a young actress to be pulling that off. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, my number 10 is Emily Blunt in Edge of Tomorrow, which I often bring up because I often think about it. <laughs> that is such a good performance. And when she she won some like random awards for that. And I remember like her talking about how she had to get these like veiny arms <laughs> doing all of these <laughs> workouts before the performance and how she was like, my husband's <laughs> going to hate me because I have these veiny arms. But... Such random facts you hold. I know. I know. For real. Uh, number nine, I have J.K. Simmons from Whiplash, which I'm oh, sure wow, we get no arguments from you. Yeah, no, I love that performance. I'm surprised that's so low for you, honestly. But... It's just because there's so many great performances. And <laughs> I and yeah, I don't know. It was tough yeah. to rank them. 
I know. Um, number nine for me is actually Brie Larson in Short Term 12, which is this indie film that came out. I think it might have been like one of her first roles. It was before Room. And it came out in 2013. And it's such a good movie. I love it. I think it's on Netflix right now. And I I just wish more people would watch it. It also had Rami Malek, um, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, the girl who was just in that Tony Collette Netflix series. So it had quite a quite a surprising cast that has gone on to do some pretty impressive stuff. So <laughs> I've heard good things, but I've never with. seen it. Yeah, it was good. And number eight, I have Viola Davis in Fences, which she won an mm. Academy Award for. That movie yeah. is just such a masterclass. Between her and Denzel, it's like bam. Yeah. Um, a similar masterclass. Uh, Liam Neeson. He was in this movie, The Gray, in 2011, where he. Oh it's my gosh! As, no, it's known as the movie where he punches a wolf in the face, but it is so much better than that. And the problem with Liam Neeson roles is that since he has so many terrible ones, people automatically assume every movie he's in is just like Taken or, you know, The Commuter, where it's just really bad action. But The Gray is actually like a beautiful film. Oh my gosh. This is wild to me. <laughs> the Grey almost made my top 10 worst movies of the decade. I went and saw this movie when I was rushing for my fraternity in college. And I only went to see it because other people, like other fraternity members were going and I was trying to impress them. And it was like painful for me to get through. I hated it so much. That weird what part is- with like the with the with the like daughter's hair or whatever in his face and the like weird vodka bottles strapped to his hands and oh my gosh what a disaster <laughs> what strange details to to pull from that movie i'm just i just remember I mean, sitting there like trying to stifle it. laughter the whole second half of that movie while the people next to me were like really? oh my gosh this is so artistic and i was just <laughs> like this is ludicrous just cuz the the uh, oh, anyway, we don't have to get into it. The point is that I really loved it, and I have a soft spot for Liam. <laughs> so, who are you going to trust? You know, the guy who, who, uh, who loves <laughs> isn't it romantic? <laughs> I need a new joke. Uh, Shut up! Just because Rebel Wilson is yeah. number two on my movie performances yeah. doesn't mean that you can't. Okay, moving on. Number seven, mm-hmm. I have Eddie Redmayne from The Theory of Everything, which is a movie that I oh, genuinely wow. do not like, but I feel like yeah. that is such a strong performance. The okay. thing that really gets me for that performance is that he is playing somebody with, I can't remember what his disease is, something like degenerative, where he's slowly, um, you know, mm-hmm. going from an able-bodied young person to someone who is wheelchair-bound and can't really move any parts of his body. And the, mm-hmm. the fact that when you think about the movie that it's shot out of order, and so not only yeah. does he have to act on this progression, but has to remember how he acted previous scenes so that he can act worse or better than other shots was just like mind boggling to me. And I felt like that needed to be rewarded. You know, that's fair. I've never seen it, but I, I can appreciate his, his work ethic. So (laughs) congrats to him. You would not like the movie. I did not really even like the movie that much, but the (laughs) acting I felt like was good. Right, right. Um, my number seven is my favorite Michael B. Jordan, but in Fruitvale Station, which again is sort of an indie flick where he got his kind of movie start, I guess. Um, it's a beautiful performance by him and it's so sad and, you know, 
everyone should watch it, but <laughs> it's not a fun movie to watch. <laughs> so. I think that's also the first movie by um, Ryan Coogler. I think he directed that oh, before yeah. he directed Creed. Because Michael yes. B. Jordan's been in all of his movies, I think. Right. Yes. And it was, it's good. It's, it's based on a true story and it's a sad story. So just FYI. <laughs> My number six, I would not be surprised if it's on your list as well, is Amy Adams in Arrival, which is mm. such a good movie. And I feel like she just plays it so fantastically. It's like a little bit understated, but also not at the same time. The fact that she wasn't nominated for an Oscar for this is still mind boggling to me. Because she should know, have won she, that year. She was number 11 for me, though. So <gasps> I really not on the list. It was a tough uh. one. But my number six is... Elizabeth Moss in Us, which I feel bad for choosing her performance out of everyone in that cast. Because, I mean, obviously, Lupita is so good in it. But just that scene where she's putting on the lipstick and, like, just acting totally crazy is... I just was so mesmerized by her on the screen. And I think it takes a lot to stand out when you have, like, five minutes in the movie. But she did so good. That That is really reminding me, like, as I'm putting together my list of people who I want nominated for things, that she yeah. is so fantastic. And I had completely forgot about her in that movie. Did you see the movie Her Smell this year? Which was, like, um, her as, like, a rock yeah. and roll star? <laughs> no, it didn't really sound like my jam, but I've heard she's amazing in it. Yeah. This is now this is making me like want to watch that more. Okay. Oh. Uh number five for me is Natalie Portman in Jackie. She's doing a oh. wild accent and oh, it's just like chewing on the scenery here. <laughs> I don't know. I I watched that movie and I just remember leaving the theater and being like, that is acting and that needs <laughs> to win everything. And then it didn't that year and I was just so like befuddled. I mean, I guess she had just won a couple years previously yeah. for black swan but i honestly believe that natalie portman is like if not the best one like top five living actresses at the moment and i felt like jackie was just such a showcase yeah i mean she did have that um amazing performance in um oh no now i can't remember the name of it it was gonna be such a good joke too. box lux annihilation annihilation oh, oh god <laughs> Well, you liked that like, movie, didn't you? Like yeah. yeah. Um, but like number it. five for me is uh, Brian Tyree Henry in If Beale Street Could Talk, who, again, only wow. has like six minutes in the entire film. But it was, and it's a great movie, but that was by far my favorite part of the entire film. Oh, it's just so You're just coming up with these that I'm like, dang it. Like, why did I not <laughs> think of that? That was such a good answer. <laughs> so good thank you oh my gosh i so appreciate that but it's such a good moment in cinema i feel like i'm going for like the more obvious choices and you're like remember yeah. this and i'm like I yes i do remember that and that <laughs> was really good okay well yeah. for the most obvious of obvious choices for number four i have saoirse ronan in ladybird yes. Which, Still so I mean, bad. how can you not love her? It was really a struggle just not to have this list be all cast members from Lady Bird. Because I could I have Lucas Hedges. I could have Laurie Metcalf. I could have Beanie Feldstein. I could have Tracy Letts. Like, really anybody could be on this yeah. from that movie. But. Well, I saw a headline that people were like, Saoirse Ronan's, like, best performance is Little Women. And I'm so excited. <laughs> 
I'm so pumped too. She like I, I cannot wait for the little woman. I'm reading the book and it is good and I cannot wait. And it has between Florence Pugh and Saoirse Ronan and Eliza Scanlon and Laura Dern. It's just like, ugh, give me more. I just no wish that they'd cast Emma. Lucas Hedges. <laughs> you know, Emma Watson is great. Love Emma Watson. Not sure that she can quite hack it with the rest <laughs> of these people, but you know, I'll we'll I'll, I'll be excited to see. Yeah. Um, my number four is actually a strange pick, but Tiffany Haddish in Girls Trip. It's a comedy and whatever people try and play that down, but she does such a good job. And it's been sad that she hasn't been able to top that since because I want the best for her. Um, but Girls Trip, she just brings a level of energy and rawness and realness to like this, this like BFF role where I they, I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen it? I have not. It's so good. One, she's hilarious, but she also like she just I mean, she stands out against these, you know, heavy hitters like Regina Hall and Queen Latifah, and yet she does such a great job and I just can't get enough of it. I still just think about it a lot. It's so funny. Uh... Okay, my number three is Michael B. Jordan, but for Creed instead of Fruitvale Station. Creed is just, mm-hmm. he's doing everything that you could possibly be asked to do in a movie between like physical it. stunts and acting. Yeah. He is looking like a boss. The movie's great. He's acting across from Sylvester Stallone, who, you know, only barely didn't make this top 10 list for me. But so Michael B. Jordan, it is. I think we all like him. My number three is a personal favorite, Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler, which he is terrifying in, but it is so good. And I can't really talk about it. I mean, he's just good in it, you know, (laughs) probably my favorite Jake Gyllenhaal performance. I haven't seen that, uh, annoyingly. Really? Like, it's on my list of things to see. I know, I know I love it. But when you said Jake Gyllenhaal, the first thing that came to my mind was Wildlife from last year. And I was like, damn it, if mm. Shelby picks Wildlife and I didn't <laughs> pick Wildlife, and that is also a good movie that I should have put on his list. Yeah. Like, ugh, just that wreaking a havoc movie. here. <laughs> Carrie Mulligan is okay. fantastic in that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number two for me is Lucas Hedges in Manchester by the Sea, which Mm. I was so close to putting on my best just movies list. And I was like, no, Shelby's going to be me if I put Manchester (laughs) by the Sea on the list. But Lucas Hedges is like a revelation in this movie. It's one of those performances where you watch somebody who you've never seen before and you're just like, blown away and know that they're going to go on to do a bunch of amazing things and he's been in a ton of movies that i've loved over the last couple of years but him doing this boston accent and just like being funny and snarky but also uh, like the grieving son who's trying to figure out how he's gonna you know finish out high school without his dad it's it's just like such a powerful performance as well so it's number two yeah, I saw a tweet that was like, look at how he's carried, <laughs> you know, his industry. And I don't think he's been in a single movie that's gotten less than 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. So there you go. Lucas Hedges for the win. He's um, in like a ton of fantastic stuff. Mid 90s. standing. Yeah. And three billboards. But Lady Bird um, and Boy Erased and Wave yeah. and Honey Boy. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, my number two 
and number one have both been mentioned already. So number two, I have Saoirse Ronan, Saoirse Ronan um, for Lady Bird. And then what, what? my number one is um, J.K. Simmons and Whiplash because oh! I just, I can't, it just shocked me when I saw it the first time and we rewatched it recently and it's still just, he's such a dick, but he does it in such a good way. <laughs> uh, yeah. That movie is just such a fantastic. For the fact that there, there, that that is a movie with Miles Teller in it, who I hate, <laughs> and that I love it so much is just a testament to what a great yeah. film it is. Um, my number one, probably a fairly obvious pick, is Tony Collette in Hereditary last mm, year. Just mm-hmm. again, yeah. a performance that is asking you to do so many different things, and she just nails them all in such a great way. And it's really a movie that is solely focused on her, so she is like just eating up the scenery in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, ten. Have out of you 10. Uh, done a TikTok of that monologue she does at the dinner table, or is that I coming? Have not. Out? That would be, that's a good idea. Okay. I'm going to have to find that clip and do that. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, I really want to go through these top 10 movie moments though, because I mean, like performances, a movie moment can like make or break a movie. And I, I'm interested in what you've chosen. Should we just like listen again or, and then we can ask questions as we (laughs) feel the need. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you want, I'll go first, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so my number 10 is from last year's Halloween. It is the kill scene where, um, what's the bad guy's name? Michael Myers, uh, like, kills three people in a bunch of different houses in a row, and it's all in one take, and it is just terrifying and, like, such good cinema. My number nine is the final performances from Pitch Perfect, the original movie. <laughs> just, like, all of the different groups and their singing. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. It's a good moment. The soundtrack's fun. The yeah. yeah, it's just like I've watched that so many times. There, there's so yeah. many different good things, and I feel like especially the Elizabeth Banks is the commentator, and um, <laughs> that was like before that got stale in some of the later movies. That first one was yeah. just fantastic. Yeah. Number eight is the opening chase scene from Mad Max, which is mm. one of the best chase scenes ever. Like um, an opening, opening, like when they're when they're chasing Max. Is that oh, what you're talking I guess about? maybe not that. No, the scene where where they steal the girls and, and right. everybody's chasing them, like the yeah. Right, so right, I guess not right, the opening right. opening first scene, but the first like no, big right. set piece number. And there's the storm oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Great. That's good. Number <laughs> seven is also a driving scene. It is that highway scene from Nocturnal Animals, which is just Ugh. the most dread-inducing scene i have ever seen in a movie and it still like haunts me whenever i'm driving to this day (laughs) but just the pacing is so fantastic number six is the big fight scene at the end of kingsman between eggsy and gazelle the girl with swords on her feet and they're like they're playing in the church no it's not the one that takes place in church although that (laughs) one is also great but this one there's like a fun like disco song that's playing in the background and it's almost like a breakdancing fight scene because she's got the swords on her legs. Right. I don't know. It was it, just one of my favorites. Number five is the moon landing scene from first man, <laughs> which gotta give that really? first man love and squeeze it in wherever <laughs> possible. 
Uh, number four is the tunnel scene from Perks of Being a Wallflower, where wow, Emma Watson is in the back of the truck and she's got her hands wide open and the music's playing and it's David Bowie and they just come out of the tunnel and the city's all there. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, that I lived in Pittsburgh good. for, you know, a, wow. a while. So <laughs> again, location, these location, like location. local, <laughs> yes, location connections. Number three is the dress shopping slash diarrhea scene from Bridesmaids. <laughs> it really took everything in me not to put Bridesmaids in my top 10 movies of the year. Like, oh, I, I, it was so close, but I just like, I, it was like near it on all of these lists, but I felt like it, the scene stealing moments. And honestly, there's so many good moments in Bridesmaids. Like the whole mm-hmm. list could have just been 10 scenes from that movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, number two, recency bias, I think a little bit, is the final fight scene from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where the Mansons show uh, up and try to kill uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and him and Brad Pitt just go ham, because <laughs> I was not expecting that to happen like it did, and it was so cringy and terrifying, but also such a joy <laughs> at the same time. And my number one favorite scene from the decade, which is probably more like an extended sequence than a scene, is the whole dream within a dream within a dream sequence (laughs) in the end of Inception, where they're like trying to get the pieces and all of it's happening, like at the same time where the van is falling off the bridge. Oh my gosh. Like the elevator. Yes. The the Mm. whole thing is genius. And Inception is like a perfect movie, so that is my list. Good. Oh Do you have any boy! Or questions? No, you know I can respect almost all of those, so I'm proud <laughs> of you. Okay. Um, we'll see if you feel the same way about my list. I kind of doubt it, but at number ten, I have a scene from Rogue One: the "I am the Force, the Force is with me" scene at the at the yes. end. Of- mm-hmm. I I think that's like my favorite moment in Star Wars altogether. Um, so don't come at me like last Jedi stands, but I just loved that moment. And then, um, one is like unimpeachable, like even no matter what you think about the rest of the movies, I feel like Rogue One is just fantastic. Uh, You know, it's not helping the case that the man who loves the Phantom Menace more than any other film (laughs) in the franchise is standing for this one. So let's just move on. Okay, okay, whatever. You don't want my allyship, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. Number nine, and this is very um, niche, uh, it's the Maze Runner, the third one, in 2018. What? The um, F- Maze thing. Runner just keeps rearing its ugly head. <laughs> Where, there, you know, it's the third film, it's the final one, and one of the friends has to basically fight his best friend to the death because his friend has been bitten by a zombie virus basically. Um, but the friend who's been bitten is sort of like, he goes in and out of being aware and being a zombie. And so it's this really like sad thing where he's trying to like kill himself, but his friend is like, please don't, we can find a cure. And then he turns into a zombie and it turns into this self-defense fight. And it was just like, I know it's not a great movie. Like I'm aware, but that moment was like actually a very interesting, like, zombie moment in what is otherwise a very oversaturated market so i was really into it (laughs) okay whatever you um, say (laughs) 
number eight, we have the tsunami scene from The Impossible, which is the 2012 Ewan McGregor um, movie, which also stars uh, Spider-Man, Tom, Tom. Oh, Tom, Tom Holland. Holland, surprisingly. I have never heard of this movie. Oh, really? Oh, my five? God. No, he's like nine, I guess, probably. But <laughs> it is so good. It's about like. I don't, I mean, the true story of a tsunami that um, hit this island and it's this white family, of course, who was at a resort and was separated by the storm and it's all about them trying to reunite. But at the beginning, there's just this epic tsunami flood scene that's just very well done. And then you have number seven, which is um, probably a little bit of recency bias, but also it it'll stand the test of time. But Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, that moment during What's Up Danger is playing in the background. It's sort of his come to powers moment. Um, the like real finale moment. And Rob literally has that queued up in our digital files so he can just play that like probably Wait, once which a scene month. Is it? Like, you know, it's like, oh, when they're it's fighting just a leap the of kingpin faith. at the end. No, it's when Miles Morales finally like comes into his powers and he jumps off of the tall building and Oh yes, yes, falls. yes, yes, yes. That is a good and it's like the upside down shot or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Gorgeous. Um number six is the final routine in Silver Linings Playbook, which is yep. so funny and Loved. just elevates the movie. So good. And then actually at number five is your the Interstellar, which is a movie I did not enjoy, but there's a scene where he watches just years of messages that have accumulated while he was on this planet with a different and it's just like honestly one of the only times I like Matthew McConaughey and he does such a good job of just like showing the trauma of watching your children grow up in just a series of short messages and it makes me emo every time I see it and then number four um, in Widows last year, there's this tracking shot in the car ride, uh-huh. which still gives me chills. Um, and that movie deserves more. <laughs> and uh-huh. then number three, I have the I Dreamed a Dream from Les Mis, which again is sort of a weak film, oh. but that, that performance still gives me chills. That, and it's that's your favorite. a good pick. Yeah. yeah. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. You Getting didn't want one of her serenity scenes? No, <laughs> I thought about it, but the accent did too much. But then we have um, my final number two, um, the Not My Tempo from Whiplash, which I still can watch. It's just this, it's just a story and it's story and it's so good. Uh-huh. And number one is um, No Man's Land from Wonder Woman. I don't know if you ever saw Wonder Woman, did you? I never saw Wonder Woman. Hater, hater, hater! But it's I'll, such know, a powerful. The second one's movie. coming out, and I'll have to see it before the we see do the second oh, yeah. one. I'm sure. So oh, yeah, sure. it's only a matter it's of time. It's so good. It's just such an epic moment. It's so beautiful and like so powerful, and it's just so good. So that's it for me. Those are my top ten. You know, I was as you were getting to the tsunami part of the list, I was like, oh shoot, her, her list is going to be a million like weird fast and the furious <laughs> scenes and things from like marvel movies but i uh, endorse your list i think it's oh. you know better than i expected it to be so <laughs> good job I mean, I mean there'd be a couple that you hated but you know what same with yours so this is just <laughs> proof that we've come to respect one another as uh yes. as co 
or maybe we're just like our tastes are rubbing off on each other slowly but surely oh, fingers crossed honestly <laughs> <laughs> uh well this has been so much fun and i and we have like another six or seven lists that yeah. you guys will get to see on social media so stay prepared for those we got pop culture moments we got music videos you know lots of lots of taylor swift focused content i'm sure is coming your way yeah but you can of course follow us at ps you're wrong on instagram twitter facebook and um if you have any thoughts on your top 10 movies slash tv shows slash bad opinions or good opinions we've had you can email us at psyourong at gmail.com. And of course, leave us a review on iTunes um, or Apple Podcasts. Just scroll all the way down. Leave us five stars and uh, let us know what you think. Oh, my gosh. I would love to read people's top 10 movies. I know. Um, like people have been posting them on Twitter. And I have just so enjoyed it. Because some sometimes people come up with things that are just laughably bad. And then sometimes <laughs> people come up with things and you're like, I totally forgot that that was a mood. Like, oh my uh, God, that's such a good pick. So Yes. So send us your top 10 because I'm sure there's things we forgot and we'll regret instantly once this episode airs, but it's set now. So <laughs> I can't wait for We're someone gonna... to troll us with, you know, just like Ant-Man 2 <laughs> as their favorite film. Jurassic World. Yeah. Jurassic World. A simple <laughs> plan a simple what's that favor stupid movie is, simple favor this art just the whole Blake Last Lively Christmas. it's just all Blake Lively it's the shallows and yeah uh, <laughs> there's some good well shit. what are I can't remember what we're doing next week but we will be back uh next week with a pop culture roundup and new episodes so stay tuned lots of good stuff is coming to theaters the award season is coming up but until then we will see you later bye Thank you.